Entrepreneur on Fire 496. If you're prepared to ignite, there's only one place to go. Entrepreneur on Fire with your host, John Lee Dumas. FreshBooks is the simple cloud accounting solution that's helping thousands of new entrepreneurs and small business owners save time billing and get paid faster. Sign up free today at GetFreshBooks.com and join over 5 million users running their business with ease. Wait a second. Did you hear that? Sounds like amazing audio. It's got to be audiobooks.com. And guess what? You can get your first book for free today. Go to audiobooks.com slash fire. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Ramit Sethi. Ramit, are you prepared to ignite of course I am. <laughs> All right. Ramit is the author of the New York Times bestseller, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. Fortune Magazine recently called him the new finance guru on the block. Ramit writes for over 500,000 monthly readers on IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com, where he covers psychology, personal finance, and careers. I've just given our listeners a little overview of me, so take a minute. Tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you, and then give us an overview of your business. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I started off this site many, many years ago when I was in college. I had actually taken my college scholarship money, part of it, and invested it in the stock market, and this was around 99, 2000, and I promptly lost half of it. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, that's not the way it's supposed to go. So I decided to learn about investing but I was also studying human behavior, social influence, and persuasion. And I quickly learned that what everyone was telling you to do wasn't what you were actually supposed to do. They were saying things like, keep a budget. Well, nobody keeps a budget. They were saying things like, stop spending money on lattes. Well, nobody wants to do that. And even if you do, it doesn't really save you that much money. So over time, I, I'm a big systems guy. I build a lot of systems. I want to automate things. And so I built systems around personal finance, around entrepreneurship, around even negotiating your salary or finding a dream job. And so I do all of those things and I teach the psychological systems at IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. See, Rami, one thing that I just love that you shared is that nobody likes to keep a budget. I mean, here I am. I was in corporate finance for a number of years. I loved finance. I loved building wealth. I love doing all those things. And I was a very disciplined person, especially from all the way back from my military experience. I was an officer in the army for eight years. But wow, not even myself could even get a budget squared away. I would never want to keep a budget. And I'd have to ask myself over and over again, if I don't want to keep a budget and I love finance and I love discipline, who the heck would want to keep a budget? And the answer is nobody. And exactly. that's why I love what you're bringing to the table because you're bringing reality and that's huge. I think it's critical to be really honest with yourself. And if you have tried and tried and failed, it's probably not just you that's a failure. There's probably something larger at play. As Scott Adams says, my philosophy is that losers have goals and winners have systems. <laughs> Nobody wants to wake up every morning and say, yeah, I really want to track every single cent of my spending. <laughs> You're just not going to do it. What you want is for your money to go where it's supposed to go. You want to know how to act in different social situations. Maybe you want to start a business, so you want to know the steps to do that. But nobody wants to sit there and track all their spending or cut back on $2.50 lattes. It just doesn't make a difference in the grand scheme of things. 
Remy, let's call a spade a spade. You are a master storyteller and you have some amazing stories you're going to be sharing with Fire Nation throughout this interview and I can't wait to get there. But before we do, we always start with a success quote because we really want to get that motivational ball rolling. So take it away. One of the people that I admire is someone who I consider probably the best living CEO, Jeff Bezos from Amazon. And one of his quotes that really inspires me is he says, We are stubborn on vision. We are flexible on details. We are willing to be misunderstood for long periods of time. And I love the focus on long-term planning. You don't have to get results tomorrow. You don't have to worry about changing the world in two months. You can spend one year, two years, three years, 10 years becoming the best in the world. And when you do, you will get more profit than you can ever imagine. You'll get more accolades. But really putting in the time to become a true master, that's what separates the the amazing people, the amazing CEOs, the amazing entrepreneurs from everyone else who wants to get quick results overnight. Mm. Jeff Bezos is someone that I admire. An amazing book is out right now, The Everything Store by Jeff Bezos. Have you read that, Ramit? I have. I just finished it. Love it. And it gave me a huge insight into the way he thinks. Huge insight. I actually recently took a trip uh, across the country from San Diego back to Maine. And so what did I do? I went, I downloaded the audiobook, and I swear to God, the flight took like 10 minutes in my mind because I was enraptured with this audiobook. It was amazing. And I learned so much. So Ramit, what I love doing here at Entrepreneur on Fire is really sharing the journey of our spotlighted guest. That's you, Ramit, today. So let's turn the spotlight to you and let's talk about a time in your entrepreneurial journey when you failed, when you fell flat in your face. Really share with us that story and the lessons you learned. Okay, well, first of all, I think of failure as just a series of experiments. So for me, failure is not uh, my life is going to end or my career is over. It's like, Okay, it's another Tuesday. And in fact, <laughs> I, you know, I have a failures tab in my Gmail inbox. And if I'm not adding five to 10 failures a month, I actually don't think I'm trying hard enough. So a failure could be something as simple as I asked someone I admire out to coffee and they said no. Or it could be something as big as we did a major product launch and we underperformed by 72%, which recently happened. So I'll tell you about a couple things that, I mean, there are so many failures, but I'll tell you about a couple of them. Um, one of them is the first course I ever launched. So I create online courses. And uh, before I had written a book, before it had become a New York Times bestseller, I created an ebook. And this ebook was $4.95, mm. which I look back and I laugh. It's so naive <laughs> because one of my recent courses was $12,000. But I I created this course. It was beautiful. I thought it was really good. And my sales copy was just horrible. I mean, it was every cowardly thing you can imagine. I I literally said, why should you buy this? Yes, you could probably find a lot of it for free. I mean, it's just awful. (laughs) And and you can still find that sales copy online. It's horrible. Oh, you got a link to that. Yeah, I'll send you the link. And what happened was, Remember, I'd been writing my site for free for three years. No ads. I'd never charged for anything. I truly wanted to build the best site on psychology money in the world. And so finally, I was like, let me just try this, this online course thing. And you wouldn't believe the comments I got. Okay? I was petrified of people thinking I was just doing this site to make money because I never started my site to make money. Indeed, 
people came out of the woodwork saying, oh, I will teach Ramit to be rich. Oh, so you're just trying to make money <laughs> off of us. And, and it was actually um, one of the most uh, disappointing. And I mean, it, it really made me quite sad. And, you know, I don't, I'm not that emotional of a guy, but it was pretty crushing because in my head, I was like, I've been writing this free for three years. I've been showing you ways to save hundreds of thousands of dollars, make more money, all this stuff. And I, I create a little experiment, a $5 ebook, and you're calling me a sellout. What was interesting though, is that all those people who were calling me a sellout, they didn't buy, but people who were not leaving these kind of deranged comments, they were buying. So quietly, I start to sell 25, 50, 100, 500. And to tell you the truth, I had such low self-esteem about this thing selling. I didn't even set up a processing system. I literally was just waiting for the PayPal to come in and I was going to manually email it to them. Oh, man. Like, no kidding. And after the first day, I think I sold like 50 and I was like, whoa, what's going on? But the revenue didn't, I mean, the revenue wasn't that much, but while it felt good, it still felt quite, I mean, it was really disappointing to me. And for the next three years, I really had to struggle to master my psychology of selling. Anytime you sell, there will be critics. People will say you're a sellout. You're just trying to make money. And the truth is, when I charge, I quickly differentiate the worst people who will never take action, the freeloaders, from the people who want to take action, who are willing to invest in themselves. And the truth is, if you create the world's best products, which we can talk about, you know, whether you charge $5 or in recent courses, $3,000, $5,000, $12,000, the best students will be able to multiply that hundreds of times over the course of their lifetime. And so my key insight was be aware of the critics. If one of my mentors or close friends had said, Ramit, you really created a piece of product and you're charging too much and it's not good, I would have taken that to heart. But now when someone criticizes me about my pricing, I simply say, well, that's okay. This probably isn't for you. Let me recommend a free site that might be better. So always be aware, not every critic deserves your attention. Focus on the people who want to help themselves. And if the price isn't right, that's okay. You don't have to serve everyone. You serve the people who you are on this planet to serve and who you can most help. That's what I learned over the last few years. So Ramit, I think I picked this up from you as well, that there's always going to be a vocal minority who will never buy anyway. And one thing that you share so eloquently is how to really create that avatar, that perfect client, that target market that you're actually focused on, those people that are buying 50, 100, 150 a day and not saying anything negative and maybe just not saying anything at all because that's just yeah. not how they roll. Yeah. In a recent uh, course, over 1 million people saw the course and we had less than five complaints about price. Not 5%, five. And that is the result of years of learning how to properly message value, teaching my own students how to revere my work. So the way I look at it is you're lucky to get access to my material. I don't let everyone in. For example, one thing that I do differently than almost anyone else online, I don't accept people with credit card debt into my flagship programs. And in fact, I tell them, I use the carrot and the stick. I tell them, look, first of all, I don't need your thousand or $2,000. It makes no difference to me, but it makes all the difference to you. So take it, pay off your debt, get my book from the library, do what you need to do. And when you're ready, come back. But I also use the stick. I say, if I find out that you joined my course 
with credit card debt, number one, I'll refund your money. Number two, I will ban you for life. Whoa. And the truth is, I don't want the people with credit card debt. I don't need them. I don't want them. They're not my market on my flagship programs. What I do want is people who are financially comfortable and ready to invest, and they don't have this huge anchor of guilt and financial insecurity over their head. So what I would challenge everyone listening today is to say, who am I really serving? Don't say women between 25 and 54 trying to find love, because a woman who's 25 looking for love has virtually nothing in common with a woman 54 looking for love. They're totally different. They use different words. They have different concepts, different experiences. Who's your target market? What age? What gender? What do they, what are their hopes, fears, and dreams? And also, this is something that most people don't do. Who are you willing to exclude? Who do you not want to serve? Do you think that uh, if you walk into a Louis Vuitton store and you say, hey, what do you have here for less than $10? What do you think they're going to (laughs) do? They look at you and say, hey, TJ Maxx is around the corner. Okay. That's not their market. But if you go into TJ Maxx and you say, I've got 10 grand to spend on a purse. What do you have for me? They're also going to look at you bewildered. Both of those businesses crisply focus on their target customer. And that's something that I would challenge most people online could do much better. So let's round this out, Rami, because you shared so many golden nuggets. You know, one thing you said right at the top of this failure section is if you're not actually failing five to 10 times a month, you feel like that in and of itself is a failure. And one thing I love to point to about what you shared about how you look at each failure as a growth, as a learning opportunity is Thomas Edison's quote that he actually didn't fail creating the light bulb 10,000 times. He found 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb before he found the 10,000 in one way to actually create it because it's all part of the journey. It's all the learning process. And speaking of your journey, Ramit, I want to move forward a little bit to another point where you had a light bulb go where you had a light bulb go off, where you really just had this idea that resonated with you, Ramit Sethi. Share with us that story and the steps that you took to turn that idea, that moment in time into success. Okay. Remember how I mentioned the Jeff Bezos quote oh, yeah. about we're willing to be understood for long periods of time. I, I cannot emphasize that enough that if you look for quick results, you're always going to be disappointed. And I'm going to give you a quick example of how this works for us. Um, we built an online course and it did fine. It didn't take us that long to build. It was a very introductory course. It did fine. Um, we then later built another course and this course, we really spent a lot of time on. I mean, we spent over a year, actually, we spent two years perfecting it, investing hundreds of thousands of dollars, really collecting a lot of data points, like building the world's best product in this specific area. And it did amazingly well. So I'll give you, I'll give you the difference on the first course. Let's say we spent mm, six months. And on the second course, we spent four times. We spent a couple years. But we didn't just get four times the results. We got like a thousand times the results. Okay? Four times the work, a thousand times the results. And what I learned from that is the principle of what I call disproportionate results. So there are certain things in life where you can work two times as hard and get 10 times the results. That is what I look for. So for example, a lot of people fiddle around with their landing page. Let me optimize this and that. That's like rearranging chairs on the Titanic. Yes, optimizing landing pages is important. But what about truly deeply understanding your customer's own language? What about really getting in their heads? What about creating something that's 10 times better than anything else out there? When you do that, 
you can get a hundred or a thousand times the results. So this is my aha moment. My friend comes to me recently and he said, Hey, Ramit, I want to create a course. And I said, Oh, okay, I can help you. What are your goals? He said, look, I just have a lot of traffic. I want to make money. <laughs> First of all, I want to murder this guy right, right away. I'm like, are you, are you seriously kidding me? You want me to end your life right now? And then second, I said, look, let me show you some data from our two courses. And I showed him a couple of charts from the easy one to create, which did fine. And the quote, hard one to create that had disproportionate results a thousand times better. The point was very clear. You can do something easy and you'll get easy results. And that's what a lot of people want to hear. Hey, show me the the five-step process to building an online information course. The problem is everyone else is doing that. There are very few people who, like Jeff Bezos, have the commitment to being misunderstood for a long time and are willing to say, you know what? I'm going to invest three months, six months, 12 months, whatever it is to build the best. And I'm going to charge the appropriate price for that. I'm not going to do a $5 ebook, which is, by the way, the worst possible thing you can do. They're going to charge the right price for the best product in the world. And what we have found, my aha moment is build the best. Because when you can take the time and commit to being the best, you get disproportionate rewards in every possible way. See, I love that message to be applied to everything that it means to be an entrepreneur or me. If you're going to create a product, create the best. If you're going to choose a niche, make sure, especially at the beginning, you're niching down far enough where you can truly be the best in that niche that you've chosen. You can dominate that niche and get known for it. And for me, I wasn't the first person to start interviewing entrepreneurs, but I was the first person that said, you know what? I'm clearing the table. I'm doing this seven days a week, 365 days of the year, and I'm going to be the best at that because nobody else is doing it. And I'm going to dominate that market. And that's what you're doing with your courses, Remy. Your courses are so much better than the competition that there almost is no competition. And you focus on that. And while people are you know, relying on Facebook ads or affiliate sales or all these different things you're just able to sit back and rely on the fact that I've created something that people talk about because it's the best and it gets results. So besides just being the best for me with all of your experience, is there any tactics that you found that does work when you're creating a product, when you're creating a brand as far as driving that to be a success? Okay, great question. Um, I'll give you a few tactics. Yes. Um, so first of all, really understand, like we survey extensively. And this is something that I think a lot of people could do more of. Uh, we send out a lot of surveys. We just use SurveyMonkey. And we start off really broadly. We'll say, what's your biggest challenge? How do you feel in the morning? Have you tried to earn money freelancing? Has it worked? What didn't? How did you feel? I want to be able to put myself in their mind. And as they wake up, what do they feel when they hit that snooze button? What <laughs> words do they use when they go out? And I'll give you a great example here. Um, my market, which is typically guys who are uh, 27 to 34, I have about 65% guys, 35% women. Um, what is the, what is the thing that guys want, right? When it comes to money, why do they want to earn more money on the side? This is something that most people don't understand. They're just like, Oh, they want to earn money. And in fact, I'll tell you, I made this mistake. I thought that People want to earn more money so they can fly to Vegas, get bottle service, and show off with their friends. Because that's what I would do. That's exactly what I would do. <laughs> Me too. And, and I was wrong. I, it turned out that most people want to earn more money so that they can have the option of eventually quitting their jobs. But when you survey them, they will tell you things like, um, I want to be able to buy a round of drinks for my friends. That makes a lot of sense. For a guy in his 20s or 30s, 
That's, that's the dream. I want to be able to buy a rounded. Hey guys, this one's on me. Don't worry about it. That feels good. And so number one is survey more. You don't need thousands of responses. We used to survey and just get 20 responses. So that's one thing. The second thing is to actually beta test your program. Again, very few people do this because it's hard. And that's what I love. When it's hard, I'm like, good. All the other like fake people, they're not going to do this. So I'm going to do it and win. And so a beta test could be something as simple as get 10 people, show them your even raw bare bones PowerPoint and ask them to fill out like a, a simple questionnaire at the end of every PowerPoint deck and tell them that you'll give them the program for free when it launches. See where they get stuck, not just where they say they get stuck, but actually where they get stuck. That's the second thing. And the third thing is, let's talk about pricing. A lot of people, this is one of the biggest mistakes I see. They do these things where it's like, if you join my early bird special, you'll get 50% off. Are you kidding me? If you've actually created the world's best product on X, why would you discount it 50%? It makes no sense. So my general recommendation is hold the line on pricing. There are many other ways to motivate people to take action besides a 50% discount. Like if you look at me, I'm not really price sensitive. If you give me something I want, I don't really care what the price is if it's going to help me make my life better. There are a lot of people like me out there. They have more money than time. And if you are targeting the right people, they're not really motivated by low prices. They're actually motivated by value. So if you can do that, I mean, I can share story after story of how I've helped (laughs) people double or triple their revenue just with that one tactic alone. Well, Ramit, I feel very blessed to be a Ramit Sethi follower because I've picked up some absolute gems over the years. And specifically recently, two things that I picked up that have been just great for my business are live webinars and surveys. So every single week, once a week, we host here at Entrepreneur on Fire a free podcast workshop where we give a ton of value about how to podcast, how to become a podcast, how to grow your audience, how to monetize. And then we talk about Podcasters Paradise, which is our course on how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast. And it's a $1,000 price point, so it is a high-end product, and it has great video tutorials, forums, and webinars, and it's the whole package, and it's phenomenal. It really is top in class, because I believe in that model you talk about. But the thing that's so key, and I want to share with the listeners, Ramit, something that you just talked about, is thanks to you, after every single, every single webinar that we do... I get a certain number of buyers, and my first email out is to those buyers individually thanking them for joining Entrepreneur on Fire, and then it's a survey thanking them for joining Podcasters Paradise, and then it's a survey asking them five questions about the webinar they were just on, very distinct questions about how I can improve the actual webinar they were just on, and every single week we meet. I am doing great tweaks to that live webinar based on the feedback I'm getting from the people that actually bought. And it's been absolutely phenomenal on that weekly basis to be improving those live webinars because of that survey monkey feedback that I'm getting. Is that something that you think we should be applying to many parts of our business? Yeah, I love that. First of all, thank you. I'm flattered that you, you even follow my stuff. It's true. And, uh, and let, me, let me unpack some of the stuff you just said because I think we can all use some of the tactics. People are most motivated to take action when they have just taken action. You can apply that to your business in a variety of ways. For example, right when they sign up for an email, like to get on your list, they're really motivated. They they want more. They've opened up almost the most valuable thing they can offer, um, which is their email address. 
um, there are only two more things more valuable than that. And I'll leave it to the listeners to try to think about what those might be. <laughs> um, so why not ask them to take further action? And if you think about other business, because I really like to study other business besides online business, think of the classic model of upsells. The greatest upsell in the history of the world is actually happening right now. It's a multi-billion dollar upsell and it goes like this. Would you like fries with that? So as soon as people have bought something, ask them if they'd like to take more action. As soon as people have read a blog post, if they've made it to the bottom, they want to take action. I used to actually have a psychological barrier that, oh, it's scammy to ask people to opt into my list. No, it's not. If they've made it to the bottom, some of those people, they love you. They want to take more action. There's this psychological drive. They want to resolve it. And they can do it in two ways. One is to leave your site and go do nothing. Or two is to get on your list. And if you continue sending the best value in the world, they're going to love it. So I think that that's great. I also love webinars for higher price points. There's a basic taxonomy of pricing that I can quickly share. Um, you know, if you're talking about what to price your products at, typically with just an ebook, you're looking at 47 to 97. If you're talking about an ebook with video, you're looking at, uh, let's say 97 to 297. And if you're looking for a video course, now you're talking about 297 to 497 or maybe up to $1,000. Over $1,000, you definitely have to have video, but there's typically more things you need to add. And once you get into the $3,000 plus price point, you're in a whole different ballgame. What, what's interesting is the higher you move up that value chain, the more interaction you need to sell a product. So for example, I don't even allow people to buy anything from my site. That's just one of the ways that I do business. But if I had, if I just offered my sales page for, let's say, one of my $3,000 courses, you know how many people would buy every day just right off my blog? Zero. Because you need interaction to be, especially for a $3,000 price point, to be able to sell something. You are doing it really, really well in the sense that you have a $1,000 product, and so you probably need to do a webinar. So keep in mind, as you move up the value chain, you can't just keep marketing the same way. You actually have to change your marketing to become more engaging, more personal, more human. At a certain point, you may even need to get on the phone with people, but that's a whole other discussion. And Rami, to your point, at our $997 price point, 92% of our sales happen on those weekly webinars. Mm-hmm. Not surprising, but great, great insight that everyone listening should write down right now uh, because you can use that to great effect. Great effect. And one thing I want to pull out of what you said, I mean, Fire Nation, Ramit, is going to walk away with countless gems, but this is so big. And when I learned this lesson that you just shared with us, it did wonders for me. People are most motivated to take action when they have just taken action. That's huge. And Ramit, let me share with you how I drive hundreds of people to these weekly webinars for Podcasters Paradise. You know, I... I'm a podcaster. A lot of people that listen to my podcast love podcasts for obvious reasons. And a lot of them are saying, you know what? I want to start a podcast. They go to entrepreneuronfire.com. They sign up for the email list. What's the thank you page for me to those 100 plus people that are signing up for my email list every single day? It's a confirmation, success, and a thank you. And then it's, oh, by the way, we do a free podcast workshop every single week. Click here to sign up. I would love if you joined. And the opt-in rates are in the 30 to 40 percentile on that thank you page after they've already taken action to sign up for the email list. How powerful is that? Wow, love that. So again, let's deconstruct that. Working backwards, there's some really sophisticated operations going on here. So you know that 92% of your product sales 
come from webinars. Yes. So now it becomes strategic to figure out how can I get more people to attend these webinars? And once you have that strategy, then it's just a matter of going down a list of tactics. And your tactic that seems to be working really well is on sign up, ask them to schedule attendance right at the webinar. And it makes perfect sense. (laughs) People are more likely to take action when they've just taken action. So everyone listening, this is how you go from a, a, a list of random tactics. Hey, everybody, should I get on Twitter, Facebook? Should I do this? Should I do that? To a much more strategic view. You say, what is working? What do I want to do more of? Okay, I know I want to get more people to attend my webinars. Cool. What are the 10 tactics I can do to get there? And then you just work down the list. Oh, I did tactic one. That didn't work. Cool. I'm going to file that in my failure folder. Tactic number two. Oh, whoa, this is working really well. I'm going to do more (laughs) of it. That is how business is done at a more sophisticated level. I think you're doing an awesome job. Ramit, thank you for that. And obviously, we could talk all day about this stuff because we're both so passionate about it. But let me ask you this question. What is your proudest entrepreneurial moment? I had one actually that happened last year, and it's not, it's not what you would think. Um, the, the typical things that people would think is like, um, oh, my book became a New York Times bestseller, or oh, we grew our revenue or our team or whatever. That stuff is nice, but I'm going to tell you about something that we did that was not as sexy, but it, it, it really impressed me and my team. We launched a course about a year and a half ago. And we knew it was a good course. We had done testing. Our research was very clear. It was a good course and it worked. And when we launched it, it dramatically underperformed. I'm talking about like over 50% under projections. And we were like, what is going on? I mean, it was people were refunding within one hour, which never, ever happens with our courses. And so I immediately put that course on hold. We did not sell it anymore. And I put together a small tiger team and I said, go find out what's going on here. And so they began doing research. They got on the phone. They emailed people who had bought, who had not bought, who had refunded. And we discovered a couple of subtle things that we had missed in our research process, really subtle that we would have never caught on to. And so we spent about two, three weeks fixing the product, uh, improving our marketing and really hammering home the value of what, what we'd learned. What happened was we relaunched this to another cohort of about 25 or 50,000. And we saw the numbers skyrocket. And I'm going to tell you specifically what happened. On our first webinar, we did one webinar. And I think the conversion rate was something like 2.6%, which is relatively low for a webinar. We then took the exact same slides. We did not change one word. But I changed a couple of things that I messaged to the audience based on what we learned. Same slides, no change at all. Same amount of people on another webinar. This time, conversion rate, 26%. Okay, so the difference was staggering. And I told my team, I said, look, this isn't the biggest product we've ever launched, okay? But I am most proud that we had something that could be called a failure. Like it really was not performing well. We stopped. We didn't just try to mail more or go get a million affiliates or all these things that these scammy internet marketers do. We stopped. We listened. And we said, you know what? We're willing to spend another two years, if that's what it takes, to figure this out because we know we have a great product. And it took us a while. But eventually, our process really helped us like communicate the value. And now people use that product. They did really, really well with it. They had amazing outcomes. So my take from that is, 
it's not just about the revenue. That, that is a marker of doing things well. It's about saying, you know what? I'm willing to make this the best. And if it takes me six months, even if I have one failure after another, I'm going to put the time in. Because once I get it right, I get to lock in those gains for the rest of my life. So Ramit, that was last year, and I can totally see why that was your proudest entrepreneurial moment, how you brought a team together, you were agile, you made the necessary changes. Let's bring things to present times. I want to talk about Ramit Sethi today. What is one thing that's just really exciting you right now? Okay. Uh, I've always said I want, I want students for life. Um, I don't just want to sell somebody a course. That's not what I want. I want a relationship. So that whenever they're having a challenge, whether it's with starting a business or maybe even getting fit one day, whatever it is, they can come to me and know that I have a classic, I will teach you to be rich solution. So when I operate under the assumption that I'm going to be their ally for the next 40 years, then I really started to change the way I interacted with them. If you join one of my courses now, you get a phone call from a real person. If you need a reminder of something, we text you. Um, We meet you in person in various cities. To me, the idea of getting really personal and really becoming like a personal ally for all of my students, even as we get much bigger to be able to scale, that is exciting me. And just going way, way deeper. Again, it's not, we're not creating courses. We're not in the business of creating courses. We're in the business of helping people lead richer lives. And so once we figured that out, then we could, then we realized, wow, we can go way deeper and know that we're going to be able to be here for them for 10, 20, 30 more years. To me, that's really exciting. A client for 40 years. Think about that, Fire Nation. This isn't transactional. This is relational. And Ramit is bringing this to the forefront. I love it. And Ramit, before we hit the lightning round, let's thank our partners. If you're like me, then you love hearing about deals with no strings attached. Because today, there simply aren't too many deals like that around. Audiobooks.com has over 40,000 titles for you to choose from, including some of your business favorites like The 4-Hour Workweek and Crush It. Plus, you can sample as many titles as you'd like for free, no strings attached. Audiobooks.com also allows you to listen to your audiobooks instantly from anywhere. How? Just download the Audiobooks.com app from your Apple or Android device for offline listening anytime. Oh, I get it. Not a fan of listening to audio on your smartphone? No problem. You can stream using your PC or tablet instead. Looking for great membership benefits too? You'll not only get one audiobook every single month, you'll also enjoy 33% off each additional title that you listen to. Ready to get started? Sign up today and get your first book for free. Go to audiobooks.com slash fire. Are you still using Word or Excel to create invoices? Do you use a shoebox of receipts to keep track of your expenses? Save time and get paid faster with FreshBooks, the easiest way to send invoices, manage expenses, and track your time. FreshBooks is the simple cloud accounting solution that's helping thousands of new entrepreneurs and small business owners just like you save time billing and get paid faster. With FreshBooks, you can easily create invoices online, capture and track expenses on the go, and get real-time business reports with a few simple clicks. 
You can try FreshBooks for free. Sign up for free today at getfreshbooks.com. And here's the delicious part that FreshBooks is doing for Fire Nation. Every day, they're giving a birthday cake away to someone who signs up for a new account from our show. For your chance to win, enter Entrepreneur on Fire in the How Did You Hear About Us section when signing up for your new account at getfreshbooks.com. With FreshBooks, every day could be your birthday. Sign up at getfreshbooks.com. And Ramit, we've now reached my favorite part of the interview. We're going to enter the lightning round because this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us Fire Nation style with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? I'm ready to do it. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Well, I had a job offer from Google. I actually accepted it and I would have made a lot of money and I would have been able to hang out with my friends. But ultimately, I realized I had to take the leap. And even if I failed, I could always go back. So it was scary. It was nerve wracking. In some ways, you know, I I know that I could have probably bought more expensive jeans when I was 23. But ultimately, (laughs) um, I think that I would have not had it any other way. What is the best advice you've ever received? You know, my parents have this quote. They said to me, a year from now, you're going to be a year older. What are you going to do? And that really puts everything in focus. It's like if you're trying to lose weight, a year from now, you're going to be a year older. Are you going to look back and remember all the time you went and put into the gym? Probably not, but you are going to love how you look and how you feel. Same thing with business. A year from now, we're going to be a year older. What are we going to do? Are we going to step up to the plate? Are we going to become the world's best or are we just going to kind of guide, you know, glide along and do what everyone else is doing? That, my parents, they weren't trying to give me the most sophisticated business advice, but it changed the way I look at business forever. I'm really excited about this one. Ramit, can you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success? If it doesn't exist on my calendar, it doesn't exist at all. Wow. So, like, for example, the gym. That is on my calendar. I never violate it. In three years, I've missed my gym, I think, three times. Um, I put time to write. I put time for phone calls. And I definitely put time to go out with my friends. So it's not like I just hope it will happen. I make it a priority. And I, I follow and trust my calendar. I cannot recommend it enough. Love that. You have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners. Yes. I'm so glad you asked. Okay. Delicious.com is an online bookmarking service, and many people have heard of it, but I actually keep over 12,000 bookmarks on Delicious. <laughs> Delicious.com slash Ramit Sethi. You can look at uh, sub-Delicious tags like slash psychology, slash funny, or my favorite one, slash freeloaders, where you will be able to learn the psychology of freeloaders who will complain and complain and never pay. <laughs> Love that. Well, Fire Nation, you can find the links to this specific resource, delicious.com slash Ramit Sethi, and everything that we're chatting about here today at eofire.com slash Ramit Sethi. Ramit, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be? A book by one of my mentors, Jay Abraham, is called Getting Everything You Can Out of All You've Got. First of all, I tell Jay, Jay, why did you pick that horrible title? But then he came back at me saying, your book is called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. (laughs) (laughs) And and I was humbled. (laughs) But it, it is an amazing book on business strategy, on putting your clients first, 
and really thinking of how you can serve them and not just worry about making money. When I put these things into play, it changed my business completely. And in fact, it made me six figures in one month. So it wasn't just about the revenue, but when I started doing the right things, the revenue came. A quick note about Jay as well. He, about two months ago, released a podcast um, with just five interviews. And the heavy hitters were Mark Cuban, Damon John, uh, Kevin Harrington, and, oh, Ramit Sethi. And I am not just saying this because you're currently on the line, but Ramit's interview, Fire Nation, was far and away the best. I listened to every one of those twice on my runs. I do my daily runs just like Ramit. I have it in the calendar. I don't miss it. And I listened to every one of those interviews twice. Damian John's was a distant second. His was really good. But Ramit's was clearly the first, which was just far and away impressive to me with that list of incredible characters that Jay Abraham had on his podcast. And Ramit, get back on the phone with Jay and tell him he's got to start cranking out some more podcasts. Well, I will. Thank you very much. And for anyone who listens to Jay, find any interview you can with him, especially the one with Tony Robbins and listen. The best thing about Jay is he has the biggest vocabulary of anyone I've ever met. Every time I talk to him, I literally open up a text pad and I just write down words he uses. <laughs> like last time we were talking, he goes, you know, Ramit, I'm not trying to be vainglorious, but blah, blah, blah. I'm like, who uses that word? Who uses that? You just and took I, two words and mashed them together. What are you doing? Amazing. The guy's amazing. So everyone, if you can find anything that Jay Abraham has produced and you're creating a business, buy it. Awesome. Well, that book that you recommended by Jay Abraham here is a great one. And Fire Nation, I know you love audio. So if you want an audio book just like this, go to eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com for one free audiobook. And Ramit, this next question's the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? First of all, am I allowed to be X-rated in my answer? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, I think my parents are listening to this. I'm going to keep it G-rated. Okay, good. Okay, here, here's what I would do from a business perspective, okay? First of all, I love this question because it strips away all the other things. You have. Oh, you know, he, he can do that because he has an email list. Right. What I would do is I would say, find the people that I admire, right? The people that I read on a Saturday afternoon, the people that I love. And I would send them amazing emails. I would say, thanks for writing that article in Wired. I really loved it. I love what you said about X. By the way, I think you didn't mention why. Here's a couple points that might be interesting for your next article. And I would basically impress them and build a relationship. And when I did, I would try to escalate it too. I would try to have a phone call or even take them out to coffee, which is the best $20 you can spend. And over time, as I impress them, not tomorrow, but over the next month or two, they would become allies, mentors, advisors. They would introduce me to their network. And that's how I would try to get right back on top. That's exactly what I did when I worked with Seth Godin. That's exactly what I did when I reached out to CEOs in college. I still do it today. I think everyone should be sending emails and taking more people out to coffee. It's the best investment you can make. Ramit, I don't think I speak alone when I say that you have literally shaped hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs week this week with this amazing interview. So thank you for just opening up the tank and sharing some stories and sharing some knowledge. And let's end on a high note by you giving Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance. Then we'll talk about the best way that we can find you and then we'll say goodbye. 
don't think of yourself as the kind of person who can't do something. I used to be, uh, I'm basically six feet tall. I used to be 127 pounds. And I used to say to myself, oh, I'm just a skinny Indian guy. I'm not like one of those big white guys. I can't gain muscle. I literally had that kind of self-talk. And what I finally realized after I learned to eat right and work out is like, actually, I can change myself. And the same thing is true in business. Don't say, oh, I'm not the kind of person who could have an email list of 200,000 or make X dollars per year or help Y people per year. You can. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of luck. It takes a lot of hard work. But forget about, am I that kind of person? You are. It's a matter of putting in the time, doing the right things, and ignoring all the noise that so many people around us love to engage in. So Rami, being the kind of generous person that you are, you have a couple gifts for Fire Nation today. So why don't you take a second and share with us where Fire Nation can cash in? So I love testing. I run tests all the time, whether it's on my site or even when someone says, hi, what do you do? I test my responses. I'm a fanatical tester. And I wanted to open up some of the test results I have done and some of my best friends have done to you. So you can use these tests right now to learn how to have a better business, lose weight, uh, you know, increase your salary, all kinds of stuff. And I put it together in a simple little free ebook. It takes about five seconds to get. And it's at IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com slash John. Again, it's IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com slash John. And you're going to be able to get these tested results from people like Noah Kagan, Neil Patel, even BJ Fogg, one of my mentors from yeah. Stanford. Wow. Well, Ramit, Fire Nation is well-trained, and they know they can find the links to everything of value that we've mentioned in today's episode in today's episode on the show notes page at eofire.com. They can either click on the podcast tab because you are in the archives or just enter Ramit, R-A-M-I-T, in our search bar, and his show notes page will pop right up. And of course, Fire Nation, I will teach you to be rich.com slash John, J-O-H-N, will get you this great gift that Ramit has crafted for you. And Ramit, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. My pleasure. Are you ready to start your own business, but you're not sure where to begin? If you're looking for one killer resource to help you along the way, then I'd like to invite you to join me on The Fire Path, where your passion and our guidance unite. Just visit thefirepath.com to sign up for our exclusive weekly email, and you'll receive our most comprehensive business startup series yet. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 